Can throw left side, has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Hello, Texans. Welcome to the program. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you Thursday night. You know what that means. You set your calendar to it. I mean, this has been written since the beginning of time. That John McClain will appear on a Thursday night, and here he is, the general from the Houston Chronicle. General, good evening. How are you doing, my friend? Mark, I couldn't be doing any better. Thank you very much. I'm still on or winning the national championship. I stayed last week on cloud nine and I'm going to stay up there for a while. I would too. Yes. Well, as you should general heck. Yeah. Considering where Baylor basketball was 18 years ago and what Scott Drew's done with it. Heck yeah. I'd be wearing green and gold every day. If I went to Baylor, you know, when I started covering the Oilers, I always thought I wanted to cover the Super Bowl team. And I used to be so envious of my friends that were in other cities that got to cover multiple Super Bowl teams. And when I'd hear them complain about how much work it was, I'd be like, give me a break. And then I didn't get to. And then when the uh, when Bob McNair founded the Texans, I thought the same thing. You know, I would like to be able, able to cover a Super Bowl team here, a Super Bowl winner, of course. But uh, and I think it'd be great for Houston, just like the World Series was for the Astros, even though it's tainted, and the back-to-back championships by the Rockets were, and Comets and Arrows and Dynamo. Anything's good for Houston, I'm all for. And uh, if I did get to cover a Super Bowl team here, and this is 45 years covering the NFL for me here, that'd be like the epitome of my career. But the fact that Baylor won that national championship and I've been following that team since I was a Cub Scout. That that it's not a Super Bowl, but it's still a national championship, and it's uh, something that have a profound effect on me for a long time. Well, I think it's great to have as many regional teams as possible really good at college basketball, especially the local. Uh, big-time school in the University of Houston. I've had people congratulate me for UMass winning a national hockey championship over the weekend. I didn't go there. I worked there for a while. But that was uh, nice to see them do that. And my boss, when I got there, said, as good as the Minutemen were at basketball at the time with Calipari and Camby and everything, he said, mark my words, this is ultimately a hockey school. And, oh, my <laughs> gosh, was he right as they just won a national championship. And you have BU and BC and all these other hockey teams. General, let's start here. Workouts about to begin at NFL cities and NFL stadiums, NFL facilities. But wait a minute. A lot of teams, or at least some teams, are not going to show up. And what do you make of all this as it was even cited by one? Well, it's physical and mental that we don't want to work out at the facility. It's about safety, but it's also about the fact that, hey, the league did get through a season uh, not that damaging in terms of injuries statistically in many categories. What do you make of the way some of these squads, some of these players are approaching the offseason workouts, which are voluntary? We should always point that out. Yes, voluntary, but you better show up. And except the mini camp, which is the only thing that is mandatory, it it would it will hurt the Texans a with the new head coach, 
new defensive coordinator, new system. It wasn't like Anthony Weaver last year, new defensive coordinator taking over a, a, a team, a roster, and keeping the same system with his wrinkles on it. But with Lovey Smith going from base 3-4 to 4-3 for the first time, this team's done that since 2010. You can talk all you want about teaching virtually, and there's a lot of veterans. They don't need to go through walkthroughs and stuff like that. But to me, it's going to hurt a team like the Texans. Just like last year, having that virtual offseason program hurt a team like Carolina. Not only did they have a new coach, but they had new coordinators, and those coordinators came from college football. And so they had a new quarterback and so new systems. So that's just the way it is. There's not a coach out there who would not rather teach it on the field where you can show them, you can walk them through it. You know, they don't wear pads. They don't hit. And uh, and one of the things I like about it is uh, when you have a lot of new players, I can't, I cannot keep up. I try to write them down. And I think now there are 37 new players that Nick Casario has brought in, counting the guard today from Green Bay, meeting each other on Zoom calls, talking on the phone, maybe getting together on their own, is not the time on the practice field, talking, watching each other, seeing how a player handles it. Now, it's so much easier for veterans than young guys. Mike Florio always saying that, they're doing it because veterans don't want to have the off-season program because too many rookies will take that job. And I don't – that could be something to it. But the fact is, I think, guys, if they have a chance to not have to go out and sweat and work as hard, they're going to – any team last season that, say, came close to the playoffs and you said, you know, if they'd have been able to work on the field in the off-season program, they'd have made the playoffs. Or if they missed you see any team, man, if they've been able to work on the ball instead of doing it virtually, playoff game. Absolutely not. The bottom line is this. What kind of John, I think you're I think you're breaking up a little bit. We're gonna have gonna we're gonna have well. Brandon um work on this a little bit here. Brandon, I think John's breaking up on the other end and unless it's me. So if I'm breaking up, I'm sounding pretty choppy right now. But Brandon, our producer, is going to work on that uh, just for a moment here as we get you a better connection because we desperately, as always, want to hear what you have to say, not only about this uh, offseason stuff, but also about other things happening around the league, like Julian Edelman retiring this week. Johnny, what else is on your list? Well, obviously, Lane Taylor signing today. I could have broken that news, man. I could, I could have turned into the general. I could have been the one breaking the oh, news. you saw this, didn't you? Yeah, well, I I was getting COVID tested one day, and I always we have to sign in, get our temperature, do all these different things. So I go to sign in, and I look up, and I see the name Lane Taylor. And I was like, whoa, Lane Taylor, a little guard from Green oh. And I was like, can't say anything about that. Um, and so, you know, I guess he was coming in and doing a physical or, you know, meeting or talking or whatever the case might be. But I thought, mm, man, I would love to break this news. That's not my thing, though. You know, I don't like breaking mm-hmm. news. That's just I'm not I'm not about that. But it becomes very interesting because you've got Lane Taylor, who did not play in 19 or 20. You got Justin Britt, who didn't play much of 19. 
and didn't play in 20. And then you have Marcus Cannon, who didn't play in 2020. Now, if those guys all find the form of what they were before their injuries, that offensive line just got <laughs> hella interesting, no doubt, with Lane Taylor next to Justin Britt with Marcus Cannon in, in the mix as well. That offensive line competition just got really, really interesting with Lane Taylor coming in. If Lane Taylor is healthy, I was watching a little bit of him today from back in 2018. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the last time that I can remember him playing was in 2018. So I went back and watched a little bit. I was watching a little bit against the Rams. Boy, if he comes back in that form, look out. Sounds like it could look a, a whole lot different than what it's looked like in the past. Well, sometimes we say with teams in projections, if everything breaks right, then. Right. but let's use it for that position group. If everything breaks, breaks right in that position group, that does get very interesting because yes. we all know what they wanted to do better last year, a whole lot better, run the ball. Yes. And if they can do that with this squad, obviously it's going to take a lot of pressure off everybody. Do we have the general back yet, Brandon? I don't know if we do. I think we are on the air. Okay, we'll just keep going here. Uh, but Oh, John McClain is on. So, John, I was, I was just saying. You just don't have phone. Yeah, all right, so we're back. We're back. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you should just call in, General, because I, th I hear it popping again. The pads are popping. It must be a Wi-Fi kind of thing. Why don't you just buzz in? We'll get you on the air, and we'll get this baby done right because I have some uh, Texans-related questions to ask and also stuff to go around the league with as I believe that with the offseason stuff, it is a factor, Johnny, with this staff not having been together uh, with them being new, so yes. many new players, they really could use some time together. Now, it does help that they're hungry veterans who, you know, want to fit in right away. A lot of guys on these shorter-term contracts, obviously that's a factor. I'm not saying, like, if I sign for five years, well, I'll just take it easy this year. Wait till year right. two to really plug it in. But the point is this. I think it's a little bit extra motivation for everybody uh, to try to fit in as quickly as possible. Yes. So, we all want to see how it's going to get put together. I'm going to be surprised if they don't have at least some time together. You know, the mini camp is still a mandatory thing at the end of the line here, but you just get the feeling that the whole situation is so fluid with the NFLPA and what they're all trying to put together here, everybody yeah. with their uh, opinion on it. So, look, I'm like everybody else. I'm just waiting and watching. I want to see it all happen. I want to see these guys on the football field. I mean, I'm a fan like everybody else. I want to see these guys on the field as soon as possible. No doubt. I'm, I'm with you on that. And it was, I, in, in some sense, not surprising that it was the Cleveland Browns, of which J.C. Treader is the starting center for, that put out the statement t today saying that they would not go through the, the offseason program as it's constructed, whatever the case might be. And that's after – they the NFL had put together their designs on what they thought the offseason program would be, and I thought it was a, I thought it was a pretty decent compromise. But I could see the NFL PA pushing back, saying, "Hey, let's, you know, COVID nineteen is not we're not out of the woods yet on this thing, and we need to have a little bit better plan." The virtual offseason last year, you know, let's get let's get to a better situation. What I want to know, Mark, from the NFL PA and from the NFL is. What is the what the what's the model going to be going forward? I mean, are we going to be sitting here negotiating this, you know, each and every spring as to what the offseason program is going to be? I thought that was sort of baked into the CBA. I, I, that just seems to I'm, I'm a little 
I mean, I don't know. I, I just hope it's not going to be like that. Not really mystified. Well, I, I seem to think it's more COVID-related than anything else. That this once once they get it like okay this is what it's going to be and this was what's in the CBA, um, but I just hope we are not sitting at this quote unquote negotiating table for the next how many ever years trying to figure out um, what we're going to do in the off season. It's just that's just ah I, I I hate that thing. I hate that that type of. Um, vitriol from each side yeah all right well let's get to general john mcclain and get your thoughts on it john is uh, johnny just brought up a pretty good topic there is this stuff is in the cba but covid kind of reopens the document does it not that's what the uh union is saying is because of covid19 that they want to do it this way again the league says well they come in middle of may and middle of june and we'll have all protocols in place as we had last season when everything came out very well. And if you've had two shots, you won't have to get tested every day and you get the results back within an hour on the test because they're farther along than they were last season. And this kind of reminds me of a strike. And I covered strikes in 82 and 87 in which there's pressure on players to, to go along. If I'm a team and I open it up, in the middle of May, and half my team's not there. I want those guys sticking together. I don't want veterans to be upset at young players because they came in. A lot of guys have workout bonuses, and the NFL's plan is to help them get that bonus. Plus, what? how much are they paying them? Is it 275 a day or 375 a day? Something like that, the union. I mean, the league will pay them. And so uh, I wish somebody would pay me that to go to work. But uh, I do think that uh, whatever the teams do, they need to stick together. And say there's a team that says, nope, we're all coming in. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they'll all stay out. And But say there was a team that came in and did it all uh, the way it normally is done and then got off to a fast start. I kind of think the time the season starts, you look back at this time of year, nobody remembers what happened during the OTAs, what they need to make sure of is guys have to stay in shape. And, uh, but, you know, it's, it's uh, with all these new players that Casario's brought in for David Cully and his coaches, it's going to be confusing enough when they meet each other in person, much less uh, on their computer or their cell phone. John, today the NFL released a statement about the – uh, coming together of DraftKings, FanDuel, and Caesars Entertainment, I think is what their official name is, essentially marrying gambling with football. First of all, are you surprised at all? Secondly, how much do you think this impacts going forward, the fact that there are now locked in huge TV contracts and now potential gambling money coming in? Well, you're going to say at some point, some, you know, uh, Caesars, the team playing in Caesars Palace Stadium are just Caesars Palace because they pay them so much money. And uh, But it's another revenue stream for the owners and the league. It's amazing how much before, if you, if you had anything to do with gambling, it's like you were a criminal. And they didn't like you going to Vegas. They couldn't stop it. And now they've embraced it. And one reason that uh, 
the XFL probably ought to play in the winter on nights and days that the NFL is not playing because people are just dying to have something to gamble on. Give them football so they don't gamble as much on baseball or basketball or hockey. And uh, But I think anything that helps everybody make more money, I'm all for it because there's a lot of players uh, who are underpaid, young players. I'm glad they're going to make more money. Hopefully, if Cal McNair is bringing in another $100 million, then it'll help people in the office make more money because that's why you work, right? So I think, again, the, the NFL's marriage to gambling is going to be beneficial for everybody, but woe be under the player if they ever catch somebody consorting with gamblers and doing find evidence that somebody fumbled the ball or threw an interception on purpose. Yeah, I mean, I think if you were going to actually try to doctor a game, you'd have to get to the quarterback. I don't think it's enough to get to the defense. I don't think, I mean, maybe the officials, but, and I really don't want to go in this direction, but that's just my personal opinion. I mean, you yeah, to, you're not going to put a million dollars on the outcome of a game, and you're hoping that you got a receiver or a, a corner <laughs> or a kicker. You don't know if they're ever going to touch the ball. Right. Right. Running back, too. I mean, it's in the old days, maybe, if you had a guy who you knew was getting 25 carries, but even that would be kind of iffy. Uh, General, we've talked to you about a lot of players, new players on this Texans roster and what to expect from them. But let me ask you this. If Tyrod Taylor plays, what are the Texans and the fans getting out of that quarterback if he has to be out there? Well, you hopefully you get a healthy Tyrod Taylor because the last two times he's been a starter in Cleveland and Los Angeles Chargers, he's been hurt right off, right at the start of the season, opening the door for number one picks, Baker Mayfield and Justin Herbert. So they got to play as rookies before the coaches warned him to, and it worked out very well for both of them. So you just want Terod Taylor to be healthy. Those years that he was in Buffalo and he was a starter, including 2017 where David Culley was his quarterback coach, he played very well. He had a really good touchdown-to-interception ratio. He, uh, he ran the ball well, scored some touchdowns rushing. He's smarter than he was then because that was 2017. But he's a great guy. Everybody likes him. They just wish he could stay healthy. And that's why I think even though Casario traded a pick for Ryan Finley, they got to have another quarterback. Now, I'm assuming John Watson's going to be out of the picture. So in my mock draft this week, I haven't taken Kellen Mond of A&M with the first pick in the third round. And I think what Casario has done, he's put them in position with all these acquisitions, 37, I believe, to where they don't have to have a position. I still think the biggest needs are corner and the defensive line. But if there's a quarterback there, I, he likes, I guarantee you'll take him. And I guarantee you, when we talk to him tomorrow and Nick Casario doing his pre-draft news conference, and we ask him about quarterback and drafting one, he's going to say he's not going to draft the uh, best player. And if that's a quarterback, they'll draft the quarterback. And you bring him in, you develop him just like you would another one. And and when the time comes, if he doesn't work out, you can use next year's number one because you'll have your first and second round picks on a quarterback if you still need one. Years ago, when he was with a different organization, he was part of a group that drafted a quarterback and didn't play him at quarterback. 
Ended up eventually settling in at a slot receiver position. General, this has been asked all week. And because you are a Hall of Fame no. voter, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer, yes or no? No. Just like clear it. cut. He, he is yes not. or no. Okay. No. Why would you say he's not a Hall of Famer? And do you think Wes Welker's a Hall of Famer? When uh, a guy retires, and I've been asked this by several people, uh, who covered Edelman calling around Hall of Fame voters. To say he's a Hall of Famer right now means he's a first ballot no-brainer, and he's not. I keep an open mind on everybody. But you can't just judge a player how he did in the playoffs. That's a big deal, but you can't ignore his regular season. you got to look at the whole package, pro balls, catches, yards, touchdowns. One of the things that you have now when Edelman is available I would want a breakdown of every catch. How many of them was, did he make a great catch like the one in the Super Bowl, second greatest in Super Bowl history in my book, that had nothing to do with Brady. He made a great catch. And so I'd like to know catches, first downs, touchdowns. Are they ahead? Are they behind? What part of the field were they on? Was it, was it a good pass by Brady or one he had to make a great catch? If you come up with things like that, you can change my mind, and that's happened before. But right off the bat, if I were voting for a slot receiver, greatest slot receiver in history is Wes Welker. Nobody ever asked about Wes Welker being a Hall of Famer, but they are Julian Edelman. Well, I just asked you, is Wes Welker a Hall of Famer? Do what? Is Wes Welker a Hall of Famer? I just asked you that as part B. Is Welker, would you think he's a Hall of Famer? Right now, no. Now, uh, when the time comes that he's eligible, I want to break breakdown of everything, just like I said about Edelman. And he has the numbers because he played with Tom Brady and then Peyton Manning at the end of his career. But uh, considering the rules today, and uh, I, I'm very careful about looking at total numbers because compared to, say, 100 catches today compared to 50, 40 years ago when you could hit a receiver all over the field, including in the head with a forearm that had been padded up or cast on it. And you could, and ZBs are huge, like 6'2 and 220. You know, you have to weigh all those things. And plus, when the time comes for Edelman and Welker, I want to know what people say who, who drew up game plans for them and who covered them. And those are the ones I put the most stock in. I don't care what Tom Brady says. Of course, he's going to say they deserve. I want to know what the enemy thinks and how much preparation they had to do. I'll tell you guys a great line. Bob, a a great story. Bob Hayes, who I watched his entire career because I grew up as a Cowboy fan, and there's never been a weapon at receiver that scared defenses like him. He can never get in the Hall of Fame. And then he was a member of the seniors committee, which I was on. And every year there's five of us who won't go to Canton and we have whittled the list down to 15 finalists or ties. It could be as many as 22, like when Robert Brazil made it, but they bring in two hall of famers to talk to us. Well, this year, Kenny Houston came and Kenny Houston, who was traded from the Oilers to the Redskins in, in the worst trade in one of the worst trades in Houston history, told the committee that when he was on the Redskins, they started worried about Bob Hayes 
two or three weeks before they were planted. And the week before the, the, before the previous game, they were worried about him in game planning for Bob Hayes, and they didn't do that for any other receiver. And, that boy, that helped put him over the top. So if you have somebody comes in there and tells me something about Welker and Edelman and blows me away like that, then I could certainly change my mind. Kenny Houston, one of the most underrated Houston treasures as people ever, really. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. We have him right here. He's a wonderful guy. General, what's going on in the Houston Chronicle? I've got my uh, mock draft that's up. I've got a couple of columns. I'll be having a column Saturday and Sunday based on what Nick Casario tells us about the draft. Got podcasts, TV shows, everything you could want. Guys, thank you very much for having me, and uh, hope you have a great rest of the week. You too, General. Thanks, as always, for being on the program. Next up, Johnny and I continue to go around the National Football League. A major change in the way certain games are broadcast. Also, I tweeted out something before the show, and Johnny's got a big problem with it. We'll tell you what it was on a throwback Thursday. It's Texans Radio. Download the Texans mobile app for news, videos, alerts, and more on your Houston Texans. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. The all-new Hyundai Elantra is the only vehicle in its class to offer completely wireless Apple CarPlay, so you can seamlessly connect to all your smartphone apps without a cable. It's technology that's easy to get attached to. Get 0% APR for up to 60 months, plus zero payments for 90 days on the 2021 Elantra, or up to 500 in savings. See your local Hyundai dealer, the official car of the Houston Texans, for well-qualified buyers only. Offers end 43021. Call 469-613-0227 for more offer details. 27 for more offer details. 27 for more offer details. 27 for more Back to the show that keeps you up to date on the Houston Texans. Texans All Access. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. So my show tweet tonight was me with Carol Alt on a throwback Thursday. Super Bowl Carol Alt back at Super Bowl 51 when we were broadcasting the week of at Texans House, which was down near the George R. Brown Convention Center. And, Johnny, I know um, I know you weren't part of that interview, but I really do appreciate you volunteering to uh, to not be part of that interview so I could just be alone with Carol Lull for a few moments. Um, yeah, I saw that picture today. So, <laughs> you know, it's been an interesting couple of days from that perspective, and I'm looking at that, and I'm like, wait a second. That's at, um, that's at our Super Bowl location. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of interviews. And I'm yeah. like, I was not a part of that one. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe I'm chopped out of picture. No, I'm not chopped out of picture. I was just frozen out of that particular interview. So well, remember when I said there was an emergency mm-hmm. uh, down? Yeah, you, <laughs> you sent me. You sent me. You know, I don't know where, but I was in. not. In, I was not in on the Carol Alt interview. I know that. Well, look, I've interviewed two supermodels in my life, Carol Alt and Cindy Crawford. 
And Carol Alt was great, but look, Carol, Cindy, Cindy I mean, come on, it's Cindy Crawford, and really, she's yeah. my favorite all time supermodel if there's such a thing. So uh, I'll go with that one. I she was wonderful. I interviewed Kate Upton. We're talking about swimsuit models. Ooh, and it was the worst interview I've ever done. What? I'm really? sure Kate was fine. It was just, it was not. It was just, it was. Yeah, no. Is this pre Verlander? Yeah, yes. This is pre Verlander. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, she Who's was the one who was, was. Um. She was probably great, and I just was not on my game that day, and I was like, I, "Let's just." Were you this nervous? No, I was not nervous, not at all. Um, okay, I mean, as an interviewing her in person, that's a little different. But interview the you were nervous for. Interview you Ooh. were nervous. Oh, that's a good one. I've got one right off the bat. Oh, okay. This is a, this is going to be really weird. Okay, but. In 2012, after he had taken the Penn State job, I had a chance to interview Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien, and that was just, oh my gosh, it it was just <laughs> I had talked to him in in probably about um boy I don't know it had been a while since we had we had talked to one another, and so we get on the phone and he answers it straight out and I'm like I was like OB it's Johnny, and he's like oh and so we chit chat and everything's great we start the interview and he goes into O'Brien interview mode. And, like, I'm getting nothing but, like, great teammates. And, like, I'm getting, you know, all the, you know, oh, all you're getting... those. And I'm just, like, I'm, like, OB, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, it's me, yeah, man. Come me. on. And it just, yeah, yeah. I was, like, whoa. Um, but going in an interview that I was nervous about, um, boy, I don't know. I'm trying to think if there's one that I was just, like, kind of wound up for. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think if there was OB was one. What about you? Uh, Dr. J. Dr. J. It was I interviewed him at the Basketball Hall of Fame once upon a time. And, you know, I always say this in this business, when you interview people or around people who you were fan, a fan of before you got into the business, it's always different. That's when the starstruckness applies. Right. Because. You know, look, I've talked to J.J. Watt in the lunchroom and everything, and it's – I don't want to say it's no big deal, but, you know, it's J.J. You see him around the building. Yeah. You know, you've seen Andre Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. You've seen them all around the building, and you're kind of not exactly co-workers with these guys, but sort of are, right? Yeah. I mean, you're on the plane with them and everything. So you get to know them. You get used to seeing NFL stars, even from other teams when you're around those guys. It just feels familiar, right? Yeah. Especially when they came into the league – since you've been in the business but dr j when i met doug flutie uh people like that kind of affect me a little bit more especially dr j especially dr j that was just i mean he's doctor he's the doctor you know and there i am interviewing him but i held it together we got the job done somewhere i have a list because i forget you know how you forget sometimes oh yeah all the people you've interviewed in your life and some of them are pretty cool i remember you know being on 610 and i don't think the guys do it as much anymore or maybe it's just not done. But the radio tours uh, from CBS, which obviously owned the station for a long time, CBS would have, like, Tom Selleck wants to promote you know, Blue Bloods and whatever other show he's on. And, you know, Gary Sinise wants to promote the whatever, was it CSI he was on? Yeah, uh, CSI. You know, yeah. a bunch of those kinds of guys yeah. would come on the air 
and do radio tours. Bill Macy is going to talk about Shameless or whatever. So that was kind of cool to interview a lot of those guys. But those were all on the phone, and you were one of 12 they were doing that morning. So you better be good. You better not ask him the same questions everybody else is. Anyway, I didn't mean to go in that direction. But staying on the broadcast side of things, Amazon will carry a Thursday night package in a couple of years here. And this is going to be fun stuff because they're going to have multiple feeds of the game, right? So if it's a game that you're not particularly interested in, like the Browns and the Bengals, and what for whatever reason, although it's hard for me to pick an NFL game that's not interesting because they all seem to have a storyline that's interesting to everybody, and that's why the NFL is the greatest. But anyway, Amazon's going to have multiple feeds. They might have a feed with no announcers. Mm-hmm. They might have a feed with local announcers. So you could tune in to the Texans and hear our broadcast, which – you know I'm a big fan of here, Johnny, that <laughs> people know. would be able to do that yep. on Amazon. That is pretty darn cool. I kind of like this idea. And you know what? It's Amazon, and it's digital streaming. It's limitless what they can put together in this way. It's cool. I love it. It's what mm-hmm. college football did on ESPN. You've got yep. all those different feeds. So you get Fowler and Herb Street on the main broadcast. You had a coach's room broadcast, which you know I was all about. They would have Gary Patterson in there. They had Mike Gundy in there one year. They would snipe at each other. One year, I think Gundy and Patterson were in there together, and they were, they were just kind of friendly sniping at each other, and it was hilarious. But to hear them talk ball is just awesome. Then you would have what they called their homer stations, where there would be the broadcast. I know NCAA basketball tournament did this. They would have a Kentucky broadcast. It would be Rex Chapman and some play-by-play person affiliated with Kentucky basketball. Um, They did the national championship in college football, and it was Taj Boyd, former quarterback. And I can't remember. They they had an ESPN play-by-play announcer. And so you got the the Clemson side of things. I I think this is awesome. I think it's really, really cool. And it just allows people to – See things a different way. I'll tell you the other one that people, they do it on, on the Sunday night broadcast, or they did a couple of years ago. I don't know that I remember seeing, seeing it much. But they give you the video game view from above, and mm. you, ca- you can't see everybody. But I think if you went a little higher and a little bit wider and you got the whole all-22 shot so you know your football heads could watch that, it would be – there's so many different feeds. I, gu- I guarantee you one that Amazon will go with within within three years of having this multiple feeds. I guarantee you, as Sean Pernigas has put many times, one of them will be GambleCast. I guarantee you there will be sure. a GambleCast broadcast. No, no well, doubt. And Amazon, I think, would be the perfect one to do it. I think within three years, one of the feeds yeah. will, be, will, will be that. It will be nothing but gambling discussion – during that game, no question. Well, he's going to be very upset if he did not trademark that name because that name could be taken, and Amazon's got the yes. money to do it. So I hope he trademarked it for his purposes. But, yeah, I remember he used to call it that years and years ago, and I'm a little concerned about this now that we're getting legalized sports betting really into the mainstream. You know, and the, and the league is partnering up and the clubs are and everything. I just don't want, and I'm not going to go there. You know, if the Texans are favored by 10 in a game, 
All right, stop with your eye rolls as you're driving right now. <laughs> Vandermeer, what game? They're driving game eye rolls. They... I've given you eye rolls. <laughs> I'm giving you eye rolls. What game will they be rolls. favored by 10? I'm giving you a hypothetical. I don't want to be an underdog, okay? But sometimes I do because I want to overcome those. I odds. mean, I every Friday, I've told you this. I mean, every Friday. I do I've said, no, you're doing your picks. I do my picks, and then I do it against the spread. And I always couch it by saying, look, I'm not giving gambling, gambling advice. This is just a good way to talk about the games. And I like talking about them. And so this is kind of a way to do it. This team's going to win. This team's going to cover. I mean, that's it. But, I, I mean, I think – once this happens, Mark, with you know this uh, partnership now with Cam, I mean, there's going to be so much money. I mean, it's going to be amazing the amount of money that's going to come in from this. But I, I, I'm worried I it affects the broadcasts, Johnny. I don't. I know that for years you've had Al Michaels make subtle hints or subtle uh, comments about, and maybe not so subtle. About, oh, that touchdown really upset a lot of people at the end of a blowout if somebody yeah. covers or whatever or blows a cover, that kind of thing. Look, I don't want to see this creep in or just stomp into the broadcasts that much. I don't want it to be where, hey, we covered. We didn't win, but we covered. Yeah. The players wouldn't say that, but I don't want the announcers to go off on that too much. I know I won't, and I really hope it doesn't become the thing. You know, I don't it think be, it will. I don't think don't it will, Mark. I, I, I don't okay. think it will. I, I don't think it's it, – it may – it's going to take a while to, to get mainstream, but I think there's still – there's going to be enough of an audience that has no gambling intake at all on the game that just wants to see the game. And I think there are going to be those that that speak gambling ease, if you will, and they're going to want to hear about – uh, you know, prop bets, and they're going to want to hear about those things because they've got a little money on it. But then they're going to – I think the the straight-up broadcast that you're going to get, I think you'll get a mention of it, but I don't think you're going to be hit over the head with spreads. And I, I, I just don't. I, I don't think it's going to go to that level. I do think there will be discussions, but I think it's going to be those that people that dabble in that side of things, they're going to have an opportunity to not feel like they have to go – Go over into the, you know, to the side of the room and go, J L H. You know, I kind of whisper their, yeah. you know, their password into their phone. Uh, you know, they can just do their business like <laughs> they're doing fantasy works? football. Is that how <laughs> yeah. it works? Oh yes, that's how it works. Right. Trust me. I, I, I know minus too, seven. I I know too many people, and I've been around too many people that dabble in the dark arts that I've uh, seen those discussions. Well, you know, I don't want to you know, make a bet and have it come out wrong, and then whoever was on the other end of that call gets upset with me. Like, like I've been watching Fear City on Netflix. This is Ooh, about the good... mob in New York in the 70s and 80s. Ooh. It's a documentary, but it's good, but it could be better. It is interesting, but it could be better. A lot of acted-out dramatization-type stuff, and you see people's backs, and it, we're supposed to believe. Now we're supposed to believe these are the people, but they they do it to help illustrate things. And I think they take a long time to tell the story. Anyway, uh, that's a little personal review of that show. I might still check it out tonight. Okay, let's do this. Next up, you brought up, or well, I guess I brought up this whole thing, betting favorites and such. Well, what about the betting favorite to be the third overall pick of the draft? Does Johnny agree with this? Also, I'll ask him to evaluate a certain Texans player. That's all coming up next on Texans Radio. 
For the most in-depth coverage of your favorite team and players, check out HoustonTexans.com. In America, the future belongs to everyone. So we built the trucks of the future for everyone. Ford F-Series, America's best-selling trucks for 44 years straight. Built for performance and capability on and off-road. Because the trucks of the future aren't built for a few. They're built for America. Ford F-Series, drive one today. Based on 1977 to 2020 calendar year total sales. Ashley Home Store is proud to call Houston home. Whether you're living in a midtown high-rise or you're moving into your forever home, we have the options you need and the prices you really want. Visit today and find stylish sofas, dining sets, and more, starting as low as $10 per month. Ashley Home Store has financing options made to fit any budget. Start designing your dream home today. We have 12 Houston-area locations to serve you. Ashley Home Store. This is home. Proud sponsor of the Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Houston Texans. Don't miss an episode of our Texans podcasts. Subscribe on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher to get the latest sent right to your phone. Do it. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. Brandon producing for us tonight. Johnny, Justin Fields with the pro day and everything and all the scrutiny, and now that everyone's getting a closer look, everybody feels a whole lot better about the situation. So... The odds say, and I don't put too much stock into this, the odds say that he's going to go third overall. Your thoughts on Fields going third overall, maybe. Yes. Here, Trey Lance. I, okay. Here's what I said. Well, uh, that's, I wanted the which one, though. Well, I, I think I, I had Trey Lance in my last mock draft, mm-hmm. and I, I would go with Trey Lance, but okay. I, I could see Justin Fields making an impact on them. And, and, and I, I've said this. I said this that night when you when the 49ers made that deal. Now people said they gave up three first round picks. I I, I hate that that because that is that's it's disingenuous in some sense because the first it's round two. they're giving up was the first round they're giving up is number three whatever it is or number twelve. I don't know. They're swapping picks. They're swapping ones and then they're getting two first. Either way, that's a pretty significant bounty to give up to go up and not get a quarterback with an immense ceiling and I don't think Mac Jones has an immense ceiling I think that Trey Lance and Justin Fields do you don't you don't make that deal and then go get a guy that's a singles hitter because if you want to find a singles hitter even though he might hit near 400 you're going to you're going to have a singles hitter you're going to look for a guy that hits bombs and does other things that's what Justin Fields and Trey Lance are and both of them to me overall fit a Shanahan offense and I think it adds a whole different layer to the Shanahan offense with both of them because of the way they can run the ball that some of the things they did with RG3 when the Shanahans were together the Shanahai in Washington when they were doing some of the things with RG3 I think it can expand even more what San Francisco could do with either Fields or Lance. I never bought the Mac Jones stuff at all. And if they draft Mac Jones, great, fantastic. But I will think that the 49ers made a major mistake in not going after somebody with a significantly high ceiling. Well, you would think that you could get Mac Jones lower than three. I mean, that alone has to be said. 
right? And I'm not yeah. saying – where were they, 12? I'm well, not saying you're getting them there, but – because somebody could jump up and take him if they really sure. fall in love with him. And you know how things go with quarterbacks going into the Absolutely. draft. It still blows your mind about 2017 as you talk about all this stuff, that Mahomes lasted until 10, Watson 12, <laughs> yeah. and you get Trubisky going early. I mean, just the whole thing just blows it, my mind. And yeah. then you have all those other, you know, you have 2015, well, 2016, 1-2, 1-2, and they're both, here's, both sets of those guys are gone from their original teams. You know, Mark, we talked about this, and we've talked about this a lot, but I think there's there, what we've seen – you know, we talked about the mobility of quarterbacks now that you're never, you're never going to win a Super Bowl with uh, just a, a, a running quarterback, but the ability to run ha- and, and create off schedule and create off platform has become something that NFL teams desire. Some of it is because they can't build the offensive lines the way that they used to or the way that they liked it in the past. So, you know, offensive linemen are coming from college with a whole different kind of mindset to, to what they need to be in the NFL. So there's, there's kind of a gap there, but there are a lot of different reasons. But, but NFL offenses are going with quarterbacks that you have to be able to move now. You can't just stand in the pocket and kind of slide in the pocket like Tom does and deliver because there's only one Tom Brady. So that's, you need to have more of a part of an offense. The one thing I will dispute for people that say, oh, Mac Jones is not a great athlete. No, Mac Jones is a very, very good athlete, and he's been coached very, very hard, but he's not a guy that you design certain RPOs or quarterback runs for that open up things in your offense. If Fields and Lance are just runners as quarterbacks, then, yes, then they have a low ceiling. If Mac is, a, is just a thrower from the pocket, I think he's going to have a low ceiling. But if you have Fields and Lance with that running ability and they grow in the way that we've seen Mahomes and Watson do as throwers, as passers, then all of a sudden they're going to have – their ceiling is, you know, through the roof, if you will, uh, at that point. So, to me, you've got to have quarterbacks that are mobile. Lance and Fields can be that, and they can be excellent throwing quarterbacks I don't think Mac Jones Mac Jones is going to be one-dimensional for you even though he's got a lot of the intangibles you look for in a quarterback I just don't think Mm. you're you're going to be able to replicate the Russell Wilson's the Mahomes uh, the Watson's more so than you can Tom Brady going forward okay well we'll have to uh, get to everything else we promised tomorrow Johnny thanks so much and everyone check out the Texans app so much so much good stuff there this show will be up there soon enough stuff on the Texans fit locations Pep Hamilton also draft stuff the Harris 100 is there it's all there on the Texans app at HoustonTexans.com. thank you Brandon for producing thank you all for listening have a great night and go Texans this is Texans radio on sports radio 610. From annual checkups to managing chronic conditions, taking care of your health should always be a priority. At Houston Methodist, our primary care doctors are available to provide personalized care for you and your family safely. We offer a variety of convenient ways to get care from us, from same-day sick visits to extended hours at select locations. And we are taking every precaution to keep you safe during your visit. Choose your doctor or schedule online at HoustonMethodist.org slash stay healthy. Red Diamond knows perfect's not easy. Our karaoke skills, at least we have our day jobs. 
Our family photo? Take number 82. Even our radio commercial has the occasional glitch. So we'll stick to what we have perfected, our red diamond tea. No shortcuts, no concentrates. Perfectly crafted from actual tea leaves and water. After all, at Red Diamond, and we think tea should taste like, well, tea. Red Diamond. We're perfect at tea. At tea.